brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health, Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. It's gonna be a football game tonight now. No doubt. It's gonna be a football game here. Okay. All right, let's go, baby. The nine. Rushing four, ball comes out of the hands of Newton. It's on the ground, and it's still on the ground. Picked up by T.J. Ward at the four-yard line. Vaughn Miller did it again. Alabama back on top of the college football world. gentlemen football to the max your host sean garmer gary vaughn and randy isbell hello and welcome to another football to the max yes i know we've been missing a lot apologize for that but uh yeah uh gary is not here because he is uh not feeling well uh he was having problems just talking to me on the phone uh so just decided to do uh, just uh, Randy and I here. Randy dealing with a big snowstorm up there in Pacific Northwest. Yeah, it's definitely uh, crazy here uh, where I live. We're, we're enough inland where usually the snow doesn't really hit us that hard. Uh, every few years we'll get some snow, but this year it's been ridiculous. Uh, first time school has closed and... 20 years so my kid was Whoa. extremely happy uh they're two days away from christmas vacation anyways so i'm curious if they'll just go ah screw tomorrow uh the roads are better today but there's just one day left with before christmas vacation i'm, I'm curious oh, what they'll really? say tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. just take it one day early yeah uh, but then don't they have to make up those two days that they just decide you know Probably. I don't know. I don't know how it all works for elementary school. Well, uh, I wish we got anything resembling cold weather here. But, uh, you know, it is uh, what it is. Uh, with with uh, with Miami weather here, it doesn't really ever get 
cool. But uh, there was a, a Thursday night game. Uh, but before we get to that Thursday night game, because we didn't do a uh, Week 14 recap show, uh, one of the things he would have talked about, which was really weird because the team that we're about to talk about here, their coach got fired on Monday and they have a game that just happened, uh, you know, about five or six hours ago. I mean, we talked about Jeff Fisher getting, probably getting fired, or it was crazy that he got an extension. Would he get fired? He has been fired. Like, at this, why not just wait till the end of the season at that point? You're going to wait so late into the season, I mean. Well, so so here's the weird thing with the the whole Jeff Fisher thing. I've never thought he has been that great of a coach to begin with. But this season was kind of a weird enigma. I think they gave him the extension in the off season, which kind of was hidden, and then we found about it in season. But they did it in the off season. I think they gave that to him, going, "Listen, we know it's a rebuilding time. You, we went out and got Jared Goff. He is going to be a project. We have faith in you." I, I think that's what that was for. And then you know. I, as fans, we figured that they were going to go to Jared Goff sooner than they did, especially seeing what like Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott did, and and they waited and they waited, and then you know by the time they finally got to him, that you're going okay, they're going with the rookie quarterback, so his job is safe because you know you don't expect to go in here with a rookie quarterback and win games, but you look at what happened on Sunday and how just how poor of an effort that game was and how just offensively and defensively and special teams, it just, they got completely annihilated by Atlanta. I, they scored 14 points in the fourth quarter to to make it, you know, closer, but they were down 42 to nothing after three. So I think at that point it was okay. Not only, you know, do we need to rebuild a lot of stuff, but you do, you don't have this young team and it's time to go. So it's, I, I agree. It's very weird, just this whole situation. But yeah, I've never been a Jeff Fisher fan, so I can't say I'm that surprised. I mean, I can't say I'm that surprised either. I've talked about how really he had that one year where the Titans were one yard away from the Super Bowl, from winning the Super Bowl, and that's about it. He's been pretty yeah. average, aside yeah. from that. Yeah. And that one year, he was one yard away from the Super Bowl. The only reason he got there was the the Music City Miracle. So, I mean, that was a weird year for Tennessee. Right. Uh, You know, this is... Who knows what they're going to do next year, who's going to be their coach or whatever. But, uh, I mean, you got to start fresh and you got to put people around... Jared Goff, it's going to help him. You got to have the right coaches because I think a lot of this is coaching. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah, you got to have talent, but the fact that he's not ready, that's that's coaching, you know, and that goes on Jeff Fisher, that goes on the GM, that goes on the coaches that he hired. The fact that Todd Gurley's going around saying you're running a middle school offense in the pros, I mean, that's sad. That's, that's yeah, really and that's sad. just, and honestly, it's because they're not winning. 
if they're winning games, then you know his offense works perfect for the team. And, and the whole point of, of Jared Goff is not ready. We, we put so much on rookie quarterbacks that they have to perform so fast. I mean, when I grew up, you would draft a quarterback like an Aaron, like Aaron Rodgers wasn't brought in when I was growing up, but say an Aaron Rodgers for the the latest example, and he sat on the bench for two three years. You did not expect him to be great. Peyton Manning came out, played his rookie year, and was awful. So I mean. People Try have far too, I mean, far too high of expectations since we've had some of these better rookie classes the last few years, where you know the rookie season is much better. But as far as the Rams going forward, I do agree that is very important the type of coach that they get, and it has to be somebody that is able to take young talent and help them grow. Uh, usually. To me, college coaches don't work in their pros, but I think for the Rams, with how young they are, and it's all about developing right now, going out and getting a college coach probably would be would be their their to the highest benefit. As it's right now, it's all about building this young core into a solid team. You have to remember, they still have some decent draft picks coming up. And, and are still rebuilding. I know they gave up a lot to go up and get Goff, but they still have pieces that they need to file in. This is not a complete picture, and it's not like Jeff Fisher just had a great team and couldn't win with them. This was in the middle of the rebuilding process. Yeah, it was. But I think, uh, I mean, I wasn't saying that we should expect your Goff to be what Carson Wentz yeah. Was at a was. point. Uh, I think that. Well, I mean, that's also Carson Wentz just has nobody to throw to either. But yeah, no, I agree. Uh, you know, at Jared Goff, I think he has some decent receivers, but he doesn't really have you know that one standout guy that you're really depending on. Uh, you know, the offensive line has been bad, and that's the thing too. Like the they fired the offensive coordinator. But that offensive coordinator was actually helping Todd Gurley be one of the best runners in you know last year. Then all of a sudden, now you get this other offensive coordinator in, and they can't run the ball to save their lives. You know, so it's it's just very interesting that you change coordinators, you get a, you have to get away from what your offense was because for some reason you can't figure out how to make holes for Todd Gurley. And then you put it all on the quarterback, and that's that's really hard. You know, that's the same thing with Carson Wentz going through right now. It's all on him, and mm-hmm. it's so much harder when it's all on him. You know, when you have uh, something like what Dak Prescott's going through where you got Ezekiel Elliott and you got that offensive line, it's so much easier for you to uh, <laughs> assimilate to the league. And, and can we just talk about that situation? Because I find it the most hilarious I've ever heard. Uh Obviously, I don't, I'm sure you and Gary do not fall into to this group, but I love the group of Cowboys fans that the moment Dak Prescott started winning games, you know, they lose to the Giants week one, and then he starts getting things going, that they were right out there in front. Nope, Dak Prescott's our guy. Sorry, Tony Romo. Even when you come back, Dak Prescott is our guy going forward no matter what. And that's what happened. 
Now they play the Giants again. It's a great defensive battle. Both defenses played great. Neither offenses could get anything going. The Giants are able to hit the home run shot with Odell Beckham. And then all you hear all over radio is, would we have won that game with Tony Romo? No, you, you can't <laughs> just go back Did and forth. Did you think about putting that Tony Romo point. in in the fourth quarter? No. Like, yeah, it's a, you don't do like, that. You can't sit there and go, oh, he is now our guy, and then go, well, the moment he finally has one game where, I mean, he struggled the last couple of weeks. Let's, I mean, let's be honest. But one game where he finally doesn't find a way to win and then go, uh-oh. But, I mean, with Romo, you know, we would have had a best shot. No. It's a, you know there's going to be growing pains with Dak Prescott. It was just they are ready for the next evolution. They're worried about, you know, how many more hits can Romo ever take and all of that. Live with it. Move on. That's the th- that game was a lot of fun to watch. I mean, that is two rivals going at it. The Giants just have the Cowboys number. I mean, yeah. But even then, both of those games were right down to it. It's not like the Giants went out and completely blew out the Cowboys. You just lost yeah. a close defensive game. Right. I mean, if Dan Bailey makes that field goal, you never know what we're talking about. Uh, I, I don't just, want to talk about that Dan Bailey field goal. I just, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a fan- fantasy just nightmares right now going back into my head. Thank you. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's the receivers didn't help Dak at all either, and uh, you know, the the uh, the Giants were just playing heck of a defense, covering everybody. Yeah. And, you know, so it's it's one of those things. It's a divisional game. Like, that's going to happen. You know, if if the only two losses the Cowboys have are to the Giants all year, then they got to play the Giants again. I'd much rather play the Giants again, I think, than I'd rather play the Redskins again. Just me personally. You match up well with the Giants, and you know Eli Manning's going to throw – the game away, probably. That's what he does almost every time he plays the Cowboys or almost anyone else. Jeez, how many... There was about like four interceptions the Cowboys could have had that they didn't get mm-hmm. because somebody didn't catch the ball. I mean, you know, just pointing that out, that it was very close to being a win or a loss or whatever. But I'd much rather have them have this loss right now than have the loss later, you know? Well, yeah, absolutely. You want it now before the playoffs and... Hopefully they get refocused and they get things going. Uh, I, I've never been a huge fan of uh, a loss is going to be good for you, but we, we've talked about it on this podcast where I, they were getting a little cocky. I mean, I mean, young players that you know come from uh, collegiate backgrounds where they're successful and then they go into the pros and are successful just start to feel a little invincible. So maybe right. that kind of chips away at that a little bit, but. In the end, all I know is the fact that for the first time all season long, I can finally come on this podcast and go, Neener, Neener, my team won and your team lost. <laughs> well, you know, I'm glad you can beat the 49ers. You know. Barely. We could barely yeah. beat the 49ers. It's embarrassing. Anyways, I mean, it's not even worth talking on this podcast, but I just have to say, for the first time all season, I can say that. Uh, so, I mean, before we get into the, you know, this, there's this interesting situation with, uh, the, uh, Minnesota college football team with them having 10 players suspended and now they are boycotting the bowl game, uh, that they're supposed to be in. Uh, 
Uh, they're supposed to be in the, the Holiday Bowl. I forgot who they're supposed to be playing right now. Uh, oh, Washington State. So, Northern Illinois, who is and 5-7, will be taking their place if they don't play. But this is crazy that you have 10 players suspended at this point in the season for alleged sexual assaults. Um... Uh, that apparently happened on September 2nd. Uh, the players want these suspensions lifted uh, because you know they don't you know they don't have all the fa- the the people investigating don't have all the facts and uh, they want hard evidence before you're sitting here just suspending players. Uh, I mean obviously you know Baylor made this. A very touchy subject. Yes. Um, before, you know, where you do sort of now have to take the NFL approach. Where you are suspended until you're proven innocent. I don't know. I mean, I think this is different when this is college kids. And you're not getting paid while you're suspended like you are in the pros. That you're hurting them being able to play, I mean, yes, this is one game that they're missing, but it's their most high-profile game uh, with possibly the most eyes on it all season. I I don't know, you know, because this, you know, sexual assault is nothing to mess around with. It's a very uh, terrible crime that you're alleged to be committing. Uh... I don't know. I this is this is weird. But. Well, well let, let me just put it this way. I it's gone a long time ago. I think basically since the invention of the internet, the whole idea of innocent until proven guilty has gone out the window. Because you are guilty in the mind of uh, the public eye, no matter what. A story comes out that you're alleged of this and people read it and they go, Oh, what, what, a, what terrible thing to happen. They just need to be, you know, completely destroyed and, and all of that. And listen, if it did go down, absolutely. I, you know, take them to the full length of the law, kick them out of school and everything. But, but here's the thing. It's, it's still alleged. It's still... Shouldn't you be waiting uh, until the hearing to suspend these players? And, that, and that, that's where I'm saying it's... But that's the problem. It's Before, it's, okay, we're going to go through the process. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health, Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
buy rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. And we'll figure it out. And I'm looking at the list of players, and it looks like all of them are underclassmen, at least. So it's not like a senior is doing this. They'll be able to play the bowl game, and then they're scot-free. So, I mean, you still have plenty of time to punish these kids. But the problem is that in the public eye, this story comes out, and people want retribution right now, whether they know the story is is true or not. And and unfortunately, we've seen this stuff with Baylor. We saw the stuff with Ray Rice where, yes, sexual assault is nothing to joke about. It's nothing to take lightly. If these kids did what they're alleged to do, kick them out of school, fine them, arrest them, all of that. But you also have to remember, I want to say it was what, the Duke lacrosse team like a decade ago where the same thing happened. They were accused of sexual assault. They were, were kicked out of school. They, they, you know, The team had to forfeit all these major games. And then come to find out, they didn't do any of that. From what I remember, I, I, I could yeah. be remembering that story completely wrong. So if I did, I apologize. But there are times, listen, false allegations happen. And and that's why I say as much as it's a terrible act if they did do it, to me, until you get through the investigation, you can't punish them. But once you go through the investigation, then you punish them. But you can't punish them, take them out of this bowl game, and then a few weeks later find out, oh, wait, they didn't do it. Because, listen, Minnesota doesn't have a great football team. This could be the biggest game that they get to play in their entire college careers is in a holiday bowl. So to take that away and then they didn't actually do it would be tough. But unfortunately, that's the world we live in. It's the moment the story gets out there, you're guilty. It's terrible. It's a terrible system because social media and the, the like backlash that the school would get because you didn't, you know, care about women's rights or Title Nine or whatever. Uh, this is one of those where, you know, I hope these guys didn't do anything and that they're being wrongfully accused and you know they can it's it's sad that the best case scenario is this is a false story <laughs> but well it's, yeah it's i mean the, the, the worst case is that they actually did what they're being alleged yeah, to I, do no and, I, know? i'm not saying you're you're incorrect in what you said it's just <laughs> it's a weird story to have to go well best case is it never happened and and then then what do you do yeah <laughs> i mean hey i it's an uncomfortable well, topic to talk about. Yeah, it is. It's very uh, uncomfortable when these things come up because not, you know, these things seem to come up way too often, and it's uh, scary at times how much this has to come up. But uh, let's talk about the Rams and Seahawks game. The Seattle Seahawks win twenty-four to three to kick off Week Fifteen. Uh, they win the NFC West. Uh, with uh, Tyler Lockett having 130 yards receiving and a touchdown. Russell Wilson throws for three touchdowns. And he won to Luke Wilson and won to Doug Baldwin. And Greg Zerline just gets a field goal. That's about it, to make it 10-3. And that's about as close as Los Angeles got in at the end of the second quarter, basically. 
Well, listen, I, I, I have to admit, I watched this game off and on. I worked tonight during most of this game, so it was kind of peeking in and out, uh, but catching the highlights after before we were able to do the podcast. I have to say that, yes, you know, Jeff Fisher gone kind of threw them in this whirlwind these last few days to kind of get things going on, but I thought that the Rams got far too cute in this game against the Seahawks on the road. The fact that uh, Jared Goff was was off in this game. Uh, he had one touchdown pass get dropped. Uh, he had another one where he had a guy wide open. Nobody's within 15 yards of him, and he just missed him. But there was a point early on in this game that's still 0-0. The Rams have a fourth and one, I want to say, inside the 15-yard line, and they decided to go for it and missed it. Uh, at that point, I was like, why, why give Seattle all of the momentum? Take your three points have the lead, and, and go from there. Their defense played absolutely outstanding. Shortly after that, they decided to, to do a fake punt, and the punter threw it five yards too short. And it just it kept just being so disappointing that you see the Rams you know, hold the Seahawks back time and time again, and then the Rams' offense not be able to do anything, and then they try to do something stupid, and they give the defense a short field. So it was 10-3 at halftime. But it felt like the Rams were equal with this team. And it's what made me laugh when when, uh, Mike and I did the podcast earlier today when we previewed this game, going, the line was 15. Seattle was favored by 15 points. The the final score of their earlier meeting was 9-3. to So we were seeing that again in this one. The two defenses were going back and forth. You had some ridiculous hits in this game. Uh, but I thought the Rams just blew opportunity after opportunity to start winning the field position or take the three points when they were given and went, no, we, we have to get seven. And unfortunately, instead of possibly having the lead at halftime, they were down. And then Seattle hit a couple of huge plays, especially the one uh, 57 yard touchdown pass to lock it to basically just blow this game out of the water. But it's just disappointing to see the the Rams played so hard in this game, especially on defense against a tough team who was coming off an embarrassing loss at home. And in the first half, they were there. I, I think honestly, coaching is what beat them in this game. Well, I mean, when you got Pete Carroll against whoever it was the Rams had, I mean, you're you're fighting a losing battle at that point. Yes, uh, fossil. By the way. Ah, it's, uh, the former uh, Giants coach? No, it, it's the son of somebody else. It's Fassel, I think is how you say his last name. It's F-A-S-S-E-L. Yeah, that's, but, that's the, if yeah. it's the son but I of think, I think it's the son. The former Giants I think Giants it's the son coach. of the Giants. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, so, I mean, hey, you know, why not get get him some, uh, some more coaching experience there. So, um, it, I, I don't... Uh, I, I, the Rams are going to be uh, a weird proposition going forward now because who knows how long you're going to have. Is uh, Jared Goff going to be out for the rest of the season? Is it going to be for just this next game? Is he going to miss time at all? You know, because well, that's he, what you want this this time for. Yeah, he, yeah, he definitely took quite the hit from Richard Sherman. Uh, down the sideline on a play that didn't even count because there was offensive holding. But uh, luckily, he does have the extra time off. 
here because it was a Thursday night game. So hopefully he can pass through the concussion protocol, be back next week. If not, he'll be back the week after. But uh, definitely they're just still in a try to build some experience for next season kind of mode. But he was just – Jared Goff, I mean, give full credit to the Seahawks defense because they're still great. But Jared Goff was just off tonight. Yep. Uh, not that, you know, he's really been on either, but True. it is what it is with, uh, Mr. Jared Goff. So, uh, moving along, I guess, to what else is going on in, uh, week 15, as I am sending you, I almost forgot, I'm sending you the invite for the, uh, Capital One Bowl Mania thing. Okay. Uh, to, to go be in the group. We're going to talk about some of these games since there's a bunch happening on Saturday and then there's the one on Monday and then we'll do some more previews when we go to the next show. But uh, yeah, let's, let's, why not? Let's, why not do that right now before we get into the uh, uh, NFL stuff? So the first, technically the first uh, bowl game is why don't they have the name of the bowls here? That's terrible. Um, I guess this is an actual bowl. I don't. Okay, because this is not. It's showing in our Capital One Bowl Mania, but it's not showing in ESPN as a bowl. Uh, North Carolina Central Eagles against the Grambling Tigers or Grambling State Tigers. Uh, Grambling State is eleven and one, and the North Carolina Central is nine and two. No I'm clue. Go with Grambling State. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, listen, I've watched a lot of college football this year. I've no idea. Couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't even tell you a player. I'm just going to be honest, with ladies and gentlemen. No clue. <laughs> yeah, no clue. There. So let's let's go to teams we might actually uh, recognize here. The New Mexico Lobos, who were actually pretty good this year in the Mountain West against the Texas San Antonio Roadrunners in probably the actual first bowl that people recognize, the Gilden New Mexico Bowl. Basically a home game for New Mexico here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's funny how sometimes... uh... That works out that way. Um, as I clicked on the wrong thing, so I've lost my my screen. Uh, yeah, and listen, New Mexico's played tough. They were the team. Sorry, you threw these on me. This is the team that beat Boise State earlier this season. Mm-hmm. No, they. No, it's not. I'm lost. They beat Wyoming. It was. It's. It's. It's, yeah. it's. They beat Wyoming. Wyoming was the team that beat Boise State, and that's where. I'm getting things confused. So, yeah, uh, beat the team to beat the team to beat Boise State. Somebody did that for Western Michigan, right, where they were the team to beat the team to beat the team to beat. Right, yeah, Al- Western Michigan yeah. had a, like, yeah, six those stupid separation things. with everybody. This is where I'm at at 2 o'clock in the morning. I don't know. Give me New Mexico. Uh, Houston against San Diego State should be pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Houston is is a team that I'm really confused about. I mean, obviously they started red hot this season, you know, beating Oklahoma 
and then you know they lose to Navy and then play bad against Tulsa, lose to SMU, and it looked like they kind of gave up on the season. And then it looked like they were re-energized when they played Louisville and, you know, just crushed Louisville in that game and then just gave up again against Memphis. So I think talent-wise, they're better than San Diego State. But how much do they care? I mean, obviously, they had aspirations of being in a in a January bowl game. And here you are, the first bowl game's December 17th. Do they care? I'm going to take San Diego State to win this game. Uh, yeah, I mean, you don't have the, you know, you don't have Tom Herman. Uh, that usually does play a factor at the end of the day a lot of times where the old coach leaves. So now you're kind of just playing with, I guess, your, your assistant coach for this game. It's always such a bullcrap thing that the coaches have to do mm-hmm. right like just like oh we're gonna leave well you know that new team's paying me a bunch of money so we're gonna we're gonna have him go to the new team and even though this is like their last game oh, he doesn't even get the coach the last game you know it's it's just kind of really shitty what they have to do but yeah honestly the the big matchup here is houston has a good defense but that donnell uh, pump free running back for the Aztecs, who's over 2,000 rushing yards this year, who's 108 rushing yards from from breaking the all-time FBS career rushing record. That uh, that's the matchup I want to see is if he can break that record. Uh, but yeah, like I said, give me the Aztecs. I'm gonna go ahead and go for. Uh... I'm going to go San Diego State as well. It's hard to pick Houston with the stuff that's going on with them. Appalachian State and Toledo, uh, two offenses that can move the ball pretty well. Uh, I'm going to go with Toledo here. Yeah, Toledo definitely came on strong here at the end of the season. I remember ranking them for the last few weeks until you know they, they run into Western Michigan. Uh, but a lot of offense there. I, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with the Rockets. Let's see, uh, the next game on the docket is the UCF Knights of Central Florida against the Arkansas State Red Wolves. Uh, Arkansas State's actually been playing pretty, pretty good this year. Uh, I've watched a couple of their games in the Auto Nation Cure Bowl. I'm guessing that's for some kind of charity in Orlando. Uh, I'm going to go with Arkansas State. Me as well. UCF kind of fell off in the season. Just looking at that, they lost to Tulsa and UCF, or excuse me, USF in their last two games. Arkansas State, you know, has won seven of their last eight and that's what i look at when you have teams of this nature where let's let's be honest we may have seen a couple highlights or if you're you live live close to them you know who these teams are but on the national stage we're picking rocks at this point uh but i'll take arkansas state as well totally right about picking rocks with some of these teams you're just kind of like all right 
you know, Louisiana Lafayette. I've heard uh, good things about them. Uh, they've actually played pretty decent this season from, you know, the couple of times I've watched highlights. Uh, Southern Mississippi is actually not. Uh, they've gone the, the other way. Uh, this is going to be a, this is essentially a home game also for Louisiana Lafayette because it's in freaking the Superdome. Uh, so I'm going to pick the Raging Cajuns here. It's sad that we have so many bowl games that a team that goes 6-6 six and six and is third in their division in the Conference USA Conference is still making a bowl game. A team that lost five of their last seven, and that's who we, we get in a bowl game. And that was Southern Mississippi, who I'm talking about. Uh, give me uh, Louisiana Lafayette as well. And the last one we're going to do here, Tulsa, who they score and they score in bunches and they usually will blow out a lot of teams. And the Central Michigan team, which their claim to fame is getting a win over uh, Oklahoma State that they shouldn't have gotten. And it's here in Miami at Marlins Park. Think about it. If they don't get that crazy play, they're they're not in a bowl game. Well, they, they might be. A There's a game. bunch of five and seven teams. Uh, that's true. Because yeah. there's too many bowls. That just yeah. b- breaks everything. They don't get that lucky. Tulsa's playing great. Their only two losses since getting obliterated by Ohio State is they lost by seven to Houston back when they cared. Or right after, I guess, they didn't care. And they lost by two to Navy, who has been pretty good. So I'm taking Tulsa here. Yeah, I'm going with Tulsa as well. So we'll be doing the rest of them on uh, the Monday show, and then, you know, we'll just keep going through that until we get to the end of those uh, those bowl games here. So, all right, so now we get to the games. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You probably are much more interested in the NFL Week 15 games. We're going to start actually on Saturday. Yeah, I was going to say the the games that people care about except for this first one. Well, the Dolphins are in playoff contention. Well, they were. And you know what? Matt Moore has been... He is uh, what Josh McCown, you know, what Josh McCown was uh, pretty popular last year. Matt Moore had his year where people thought he was actually going to be a pretty decent quarterback. He's been with the Dolphins for a long while. He knows the system. I think he could be decent here. Um, they're actually favored in this game, and even if, wow. even though it's in MetLife Stadium. <laughs> of course, uh, I mean. 
Yeah. Again, did you see what the Jets did in in San Francisco in that first quarter? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the, the 49ers had to go out of their way to save their draft pick. I mean, that's what I watched on Sunday was a team go, oh, wait, we're really beating up this team, but we have a good draft pick. Oh, oh, look at us suck again. Oh, come on. Come on, New York. Catch up. Please catch up. It was just a joke. Uh, but I will say this, and I said it on the fantasy podcast, so if you listen to both, for one, thank you. Uh, but I will be repeating myself. As a lifelong Jets fan, the Jets do one of two things. They either get really close to be able to make the playoffs, and then they find a way to screw it up, or they put themselves in a position to get a great draft pick, and then they screw it up. <laughs> That's what they're going to do. They're going to win at least one of these last three, if not two. And I predict them to win this game only because of Matt Moore, who, yes, he's not a terrible quarterback, but he is a backup. And I thought this game was going to be close because it is in New York. It is that rivalry. You know, Jay Ajayi ran all over the Jets in the first game. I think the Jets focus on shutting him down, make Moore beat them. Uh, We will see the health on uh, Matt Forte. But if he doesn't go, Bilal Powell is more than capable of starting. Uh, the connection between Petty and Robbie Anderson has been fun to watch. We'll see if he can start connecting with Anunwa and Brandon Marshall more. It's crazy to think that the Jets have a tight end all of a sudden because under Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think three completions went to a tight end in the last season and a half. But last week, Austin Severian Jenkins, you know, shows up. So we'll see what goes there. I I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's not going to be very pretty. I think it's going to be as rough to watch as some of these early bowl games, to be honest. Uh, But I think the Jets can pull it out. I'm taking them. I think I'm going to go with the Dolphins here. I think Matt Moore does decent enough. Uh, combined with J.H.I. and that defense that has been playing really well uh, to maybe get one by 30 points and uh, continue the the playoff stretch here for, for the Dolphins. Uh, you get a big uh, historical divisional matchup with the Green Bay Packers going into Soldier Field to take on the Chicago Bears, uh, where the Bears, the three games they've won have all been at home. Uh, and... Whether it's Matt Barkley or Jay Cutler or whoever, you know they're going to give the Packers a game. Uh, I think this is going to be a close one, another three-point game. But I think the Packers, look, he keeps, Aaron Rodgers said they're going to run the table. You have to beat Chicago. Uh, you, you just have to beat him. The crucial thing is the weather, and it's forecasted to be six degrees on Sunday, which... Yeah usually you would believe helps the running game. The Packers don't have a running game. James Starks was their running back. He got it in a, in a car crash. Is going yeah, through the concussion protocol. They played in the in the snow last week, and they were fine. Well, no, it doesn't look like there's going to be snow. It's just going to be ice cold, like uh, beyond ice cold. Uh, and I'm not saying it's going to be terrible. I'm just saying it, it would usually help the run. So I, I, I do like Jordan Howard for Chicago. I think, as you said, it's going to be closer. Uh, but because the Packers like to do the, the dink and dunks, I still think even though it will be really cold, I don't think it's going to affect them as much. 
Uh, we will see exactly how the calf injury does for Aaron Rodgers in that type of cold condition and if they're going to be able to keep that loose. Uh, but uh, just too much talent for Green Bay, and they they have been starting to get things figured out a little bit. Uh, so I am taking the Packers as well. Yeah, I think also when you look at it, it being ice cold, you know, Matt Barkley uh, comes from USC, doesn't really get ice cold there. Uh, it's also you know. a good point. And, and even when he was in Philadelphia, he wasn't playing. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, he's used to this. He plays in it every year. You know, so I think the weather could be a big factor uh, in making it hard for Matt Barkley. The Packers' defense is definitely stepped up in these uh, during this win streak. Uh, perhaps it isn't close, but I'm going to stick with my theory that it is just because it's a division game here. Another division game, the Houston Texans against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Houston goes home where they have been really good this year. I mean, relatively good. Um you know, considering, but, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I got to go with the Texans. They find ways to win, even mm-hmm. though they have, you know, that guy at quarterback, but this is the Jaguars. Come on now. Uh, I am making the prediction right now that the Houston defense will catch more touchdown passes from Blake Bortles and return <laughs> them pick sixes then the great mighty Pooh will throw for the offense of Houston. And I just want to throw this out here as well. Uh, the girlfriend hasn't 100% signed off on it, but I'm doing it anyways. Uh, as has been stated on this podcast a couple times, we are expecting a baby girl in April. And every time she takes a number two, it's called the Osweiler. <laughs> oh my god. In other words, I am running this joke into the ground. But that's okay. Now has a kid's poo named after him. Nah. Wow. With that said, the the Jaguars have completely imploded. uh, Complete disappointment. Yeah, the Jaguars have taken a shit on the season. They have taken an Osweiler on the season. Yeah. Again, I will never say his name as the quarterback, but if we're going to go ahead and, and go for the poo, then I will say Osweiler. Uh, but I am taking the Texans. Oh, man. Can you believe the Texans are possibly going to make the playoffs, Randy? I mean... Welcome to the AFC South. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the great mighty poo is going to be in the playoffs. That's terrible. Uh, so somebody has to get beaten by Oakland in the first. God, round. I hope the Titans somehow win. I hope the Titans win uh, that division. Uh, so going on with uh, said Titans, uh, they play the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead. Boy, that's a tough. Just it's a rough place to play. It's supposed to be like 13 degrees outside. Yep. Not good for Tennessee. Uh, did I mention it's an arrowhead? Yeah, it, it's an arrowhead. And, then, you know, look, uh, the the Chiefs defense has been remarkable these past many weeks. Uh, the Titans squeaked by and beat the Broncos. This could be another squeaker, but I think it'll go the Chiefs' way this time. 
Yeah, overall, I, the Chiefs were just a better team than Denver. So I, I think here at home, they should be able to take care of Tennessee, who is, again, one of the more impressive uh, up-and-coming teams. But, you know, the Chiefs struggled early on in the season, have definitely gotten things rolling here. You know, they find ways to win. Their defense is great. They have that big play threat in Tyreek Hill now. Jeremy Macklin has come back just to add a little bit of sauce to that offense. But I, I don't think he's too much of a factor. But they just have too many weapons and add in the cold and add in the fact that it's an arrowhead. I'm, I'm taking Kansas City. Uh, the Browns against the uh, the Cleveland Browns taking on the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. Nobody apparently wants to buy tickets for this game. Uh, I don't blame them. But uh, somebody's got to watch it, right? I mean, I'm going to go with the Bills. Well, you know, they would watch it if they would then put a giant screen, like bigger than in Dallas, over the the field and put the red zone on it. And they just played (laughs) underneath it. Uh, No, listen, I thought the Browns had a good chance to get their first win last week against a division rival. That first half completely imploded on them. Uh, They had a great effort in the second half, but could never catch back up. I don't see it here in Buffalo. The defense for Cleveland just, you know, as much as they try, they just don't have the talent. And when you have game breakers like a Tyrod Taylor, a Sammy Watkins, a LaShawn McCoy, they're going to put up points. And Cleveland just can't keep up. I'm taking Buffalo. The uh, Philadelphia Eagles going into Baltimore where the Ravens got to keep winning to keep pace with the Steelers as well. Uh, I think the Ravens' defense is going to be too rough and tough on uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, they really don't have much of a running game, but even if Ryan Matthews comes back, it's going to make it really hard for him to get going. And, uh, you know, they have a decent secondary to keep those, whatever you call those receivers at bay. I think the Ravens win here. Yeah, nobody wants to watch the Browns-Bills game. Uh, deep down, nobody wants to watch this Eagles-Ravens game either, even though, you know, the Ravens do have a great chance to make the playoffs and win that division. They're just a boring team. And the Eagles have fallen off as well. Both teams are very defensive-based. So it could be an entertaining game late, but it's not going to be one if you like a lot of offense. If you're a big fantasy player, this game is going to put you to sleep. Um, But it's going to be entertaining. But the Ravens at home, they're the better team. The Eagles have fallen off, so I'm taking Baltimore. Very interesting matchup here that has big implications for the NFC, NFC East. The Detroit Lions, who have not been that that good away from home. They've been really good at home. Uh, take on a Giants team that has been tremendous at home. Six and one at home this year. Uh, and the Giants just come off that big win against the Cowboys. They know they got to keep winning. Uh, to try to to see if they have any shot in the division and just to make sure they wrap up that wild card spot as well. The Lions obviously try to keep pace with the Cowboys for home field advantage in the first round bye and all that kind of stuff as well. Uh, so lots going on here. Uh, Matthew Stafford in that hand. Uh, how much is it going to affect him? I just think the Giants, 
uh, that defense, I think I trust them a bit more. And being at home helps. And uh, I think this is one where Eli Manning maybe doesn't cost them the game here. Uh, Giants win. Yeah, I'm going to take the Giants as well. The big thing, obviously, as you said, is Stafford and his hand. Luckily, it's supposed to be a warmer day in New York, but if it does rain, how well will he be able to grip the ball with the torn ligaments? Uh, How much will that affect him? Uh, But I'm with you. I think Eli here has a pretty good game, uh, at least a clean game. Uh, And I'll steal a joke from Mike and say, I guarantee you that the Lions are down in the fourth quarter at some point. (laughs) Probably so. Uh, wouldn't be the first time. So, after that, we have another game that has some playoff implications. Here's the Indianapolis Colts, who, for all intents and purposes, probably should have thought that they were going to win last week. They didn't. And now they find themselves behind Houston and Tennessee in the uh, division standings. They have to go to Minnesota and take on the Vikings, who also have Green Bay breathing down their neck. Uh, I think the Vikings are going to take this one. I think uh, they play much better at home than on the road. I think Sam Bradford is going to bounce back here. And, you know, what kind of defense the Colts have? Uh, I think the Vikings are going to make life hell for Andrew Luck, and that's all you need. Yeah, this is the game of opposites. You have a pretty good offense and a pitiful defense playing a team with a below average offense and a great defense uh, obviously the Vikings defense is leading this team to victories Sam Bradford and this offense just has not been able to get things going uh, Stefan Diggs is helping that as he's returned but they're still not clicking the way that you know everyone had kind of hoped they would but the defense is just too good and Andrew Luck as, as much as he's trying has nothing around him He's getting sacked left and right because he's holding on to the ball too long, trying to you know make the heroic plays. And the Vikings are going to make his life miserable in this game. I have the Vikings as well. Yeah, it's going to be a lot on Andrew Luck, and we saw what happened when you try to put it all on yourself. Uh, the Vikings are going to make you pay. And I think we're going to see Andrew Luck throw some interceptions. We're going to see some full recoveries. The Vikings are going to win this one. Uh, no problems here. So we go to Cincinnati, Ohio, where the Bengals, Cincinnati Bengals, take on the Pittsburgh Steelers in a rivalry that it can get a little testy uh, at times. Uh, should be interesting if any of that happens, but I think the Steelers are going to win this game. Uh, the Bengals are not going anywhere. Uh, the Steelers are. They need this game. They wanted to keep it going. Actually, I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to say Cincinnati pulls the upset. Yes, they have no playoff implications, but they would love nothing more than to hurt the playoff chances of the Steelers. Listen, they played in week two. This game was close in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh plays far different at home than they do on the road, and they struggle on the road as far as the offense goes this is it looks like it might snow here I, I think both running backs have a good game we saw what Le'Veon Bell did last week which we didn't talk about yet but that was a ridiculous performance which shadows the fact that Ben Roethlisberger threw three interceptions 
I don't think Le'Veon Bell can have that kind of performance, but Ben Roethlisberger could. Uh, I think this is a very close game coming down to the end, as this rivalry seems to do every single time. But I think the home team here with the Bengals pulled the upset and, and mess up some playoff chances. But I just have to throw out there the fact that we haven't talked about this either, but the fact that they're bringing back the like skills competitions and stuff for the Pro Bowl, the greatest news that I've heard that wasn't like super football related and the fact that one of those skills competitions is a dodgeball game is the best thing ever. And I love the fact that Antonio Brown decided to have a little bit of fun and said that he would throw at Vontez perfect in a dodgeball game. 100%. (laughs) That's great. Just kill the Pro Bowl. No, no. The Pro Bowl. No, we don't get need dodgeball. Yes. Why not? Well, what this if one of the, the watch pro- watch one of them get hurt and then they're gonna be like, oh, the dodgeball game. They could know. get hurt playing the Pro Bowl. I want skills competitions. Let's have fun with it. Remember when that's not they a skill go- though. They threw the dodgeball. But it's going to be hilarious. Do you remember how long ago it was? But. During the Pro Bowl weekend, they would have you know the th- like four on four beach football games. Yeah, or flag Let football. The, or... They go down, have a blast. Let them goof around. Dodgeball would be hilarious. Oh, I don't have a problem with them goofing around. Just you know. yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Which would you rather watch? A dodgeball game between NFL players or the Pro Bowl? You got me there. The dodgeball game will be more fun. Exactly. Something that uh, maybe won't be so fun. The battle of two five and something teams. Arizona is at home five seven and one against the five and eight New Orleans Saints. Who? You know, you're right. This this is not very fun. So I want to go back to this topic because I just thought of something. Do you think (laughs) dodgeball? Do you think dodgeball is going to be in the next Madden? No, it's Damn it. not going to Come on. Okay. Unless anyway. they are able to incorporate it into saying that somehow it helps like quarterbacks throw or something like that. I could see it as like a drill you do or something. Well, but I, I would love them to just have these challenges. That would be totally fine. All these different skills competitions like the old hey, NFL quarterback club games. Why not? You know, okay, anyways, what are we talking about? Saints and Cardinals? Yeah, Saints and Cardinals. Uh, Who would win in dodgeball? with the Cardinals. Right? <laughs> Drew Brees uh, could definitely sling it, I think, more than Carson Palmer at this point. Yeah, that's probably true. But Larry Fitzgerald would catch it, and then Drew Brees would be out. Um, so there's your problem. Uh, <laughs> uh, big news going into this game. Uh, uh, Michael Floyd cut by the Cardinals for a DUI. And I don't want to talk about where he went. We'll talk about it later. It makes me want to throw up a lot. Uh, I don't remember who I picked in this game. Hold on. Uh, it's such a mess. Drew, can Drew Brees have three straight performances that are as bad as his first two? I mean, could the third he could. be? Any- Arizona's defense is pretty damn good. It really is. And... I, I never thought he could have back-to-back games that bad, so why not have three? I think this is going to be another one of those ugly games. Arizona's been a complete disappointment. 
but that defense has been improving. So is the Saints defense, to be honest. But I'm taking Arizona. Taking Arizona as well. Uh, Falcons are going to beat the 49ers. Just no, really. I, I don't think I don't think we need to assess you don't wanna, this game. Seriously. You don't want to take the upset on that at all. No. no. Do you think Julio Jones comes back? Why? It, Oh. Just just wait till the next game that matters. Where you have an opponent where he actually, you know, might be needed. Well, you get the Panthers. No, I'm, so, I, I'm, I'm just asking. I'm, I'm just trying to come up with anything to talk about that game. Uh, and that was about it. That that was about it, you know. Do you, oh, so this is, we've just, I'm going off the rails. Do you think they... <laughs> Do you think they dare put Colin Kaepernick in a dodgeball game? Oh God! Why not? What is, what is it? Do you hurt? think he would just Why sit not? there? Sorry, I've lost it. Let's go. <laughs> just sit there. Ha ha ha! No, <laughs> I think he would be throwing the ball and running around. He might. He, you know, he's pretty elusive. He might be hard to throw the yeah. dodgeball. So. It's been a long time since I've, we're just I'm I'm running dodgeball into the ground and I'm loving it. But I, I, it's been a while since I've played dodgeball. If you yeah. hit him in the afro, does that count as he's out? No, no. It it has to actually hit a solid part of his body. So if it hits that the afro, pretty, that afro is pretty solid. Oh, I mean, geez. if the afro, if it doesn't hit, you know, his head. Then no, and I think actually you get knocked out if you hit him in the head. So that's no. Okay, no, that's true. No, yeah. Okay, moving on. So, yeah, there's your dodgeball lesson for the day, folks. If you throw at somebody's head, you're out instead of the person you hit. Let's, let's get real. Uh, this is dodgeball lesson number one. I'm not dropping it. <laughs> that's okay. Let's talk about a much more interesting game. The game of the week that we know is is probably going to be for most people. Uh, New England Patriots taking on the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos have to win this game. I cannot uh, wait for Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning, number 70. Wait. Oh, Peyton Manning's gone. Peyton oh. Manning or Tom Brady versus Trevor Simeon. Yeah. It doesn't have the same ring to it. Let's just be <laughs> honest. And neither will Jimmy Garoppolo versus Trevor Simeon in the next couple of years. Uh to me, not the game you know of the what week. Tom Brady could really pay through. He's forty five. How do we know he could? With what he has around him, and and this is this is the end of the other story that I talked about. Michael Floyd somehow slipped through all of the waivers to end up in New England. Holy how is crap. that possible? How is how that? Po- did you not happen? hear this? No. Exactly. How, how does they, how does this happen with the Patriots? Like seriously. It, they have the lowest waiver spot. I think they were the 31st. I think maybe D- Dallas has the 32nd, I believe. But you would have thought any of these other teams, even if you don't need Michael Floyd, they look at it and go, I have to pick him so New England doesn't get him. So now, I mean, it probably won't Nobody take Nobody subscribes to that theory. <laughs> Nobody. Uh, but, Man, I mean, obviously, it's not going to out- Oh. If he turns out, dude. Well, Mike put up the perfect example. Look, Garrett Blount. The exact same thing happened. Well, but Blount's been there for a while. Like, you know, no, I think more wait, of a 
a guy would be like talk- Brandon LaFell. But no, I'm talking about LeGarrette Blount, as as Mike said, because he's a Steelers fan. He remembers this vividly. Basically quit on the Steelers because they were mad at him for smoking pot with Le'Veon Bell and getting him in trouble. Right. And, you know, basically cut his playing time. So he quit on the team. So they cut him. He ended up on the Patriots and became one of the best running backs out there. Same thing could happen to Michael Floyd. With the deep threat that he is, you add that with Chris Hogan and Malcolm Mitchell and Julian Edelman. All of a sudden, like, because I, I, I'm falling, I hate the Patriots because I'm a Jets fan, but I'm loving this young wide receiver core with Mitchell and Hogan. And then you add, a tight end. Yeah, I mean, they've never had a wide receiver core that I think is this talented. Now, yes, I also believe Tom Brady is making them this talented. Right. I mean, I don't think that you're knowing the names of Chris Hogan or Malcolm Mitchell the way we do if it's not for Tom Brady. Don't get me wrong. But uh, Chris Hogan can can spread the field. Now you have Michael Floyd that can do the same. Malcolm Mitchell and Julian Edelman will pick you apart inside 10 yards. I don't know how you stop them now, and it's just disgusting. Uh, it will be very interesting because obviously Floyd is not going to be a part of this game, and the Denver secondary is solid. Uh, you can run on them, however, so I think Blount has a pretty good game. But again, you know, it's Brady versus Simeon. It doesn't have the same feel. I know Denver's playing for their playoff lives. I know they're at home. I just I don't feel it from that team. And I think the Patriots win. Yeah, I got to go with the Patriots here, too. I mean, playing a mile high is no joke. I just think Trevor Simeon's got a tough task against him here. I think just like last year, they'll keep it close, but the Patriots are going to win this thing. Uh, the charge, San Diego Chargers at home, uh, taking on for for possibly one of the last few times this year, or forever, uh, yeah. let's be honest, against the Oakland Raiders, who are coming from a place where they may not be playing much longer. Uh, and they're also going away from home, where they've been much better this season. The Chargers are eliminated pretty much. Or they are eliminated, I'm sorry. Uh, and the Oakland Raiders need to keep getting wins. Uh, the Raiders are going to win this, and they might win it in a blowout. I don't know about uh, quite the blowout. I mean, you look at the Chargers, and again, I say I, I really thought they were going to be worse than what they turned out to be. Uh, they, but they just have been losing such close games. But you look at their schedule, they have not lost a game by more than eight points. All season long. And that includes the Raiders earlier on where they lost by three. I think they keep it close. I think this is one of the more entertaining games this weekend. Uh, But Oakland just has more talent. And, uh, you know, coming off the loss against Kansas City, they had a few extra days of rest and and getting ready for San Diego. I, I think Oakland wins, but I definitely would not say it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be close. Uh, yeah, Oakland, for sure. So we get to the Monday night game. Uh, Washington Redskins at home against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Washington has way too many offensive weapons, and the Panthers don't have enough people to stop them, not even close. I think Washington is going to win this game and keep putting the pressure on the Giants and the Cowboys. It's crazy to think that Kirk Cousins, who struggled... At the beginning of this year, we talked about it. 
in the first few weeks where we thought that the you know the franchise tag and the contract talk were, were getting to him a little right. bit. That Kirk, that same Kirk Cousins has over four thousand yards right now. With three games to go. He has been absolutely outstanding. As you said, there's just so many weapons. I mean, Deshaun Jackson could do nothing for three quarters, and the next thing you know, he catches a 75-yard touchdown pass. Garcon and Jameson Crowder have been excellent. Jordan Reed is starting to get healthy again. Vernon Davis has been having a resurgent. Robert Kelly is is making a name for himself in the backfield. I... I still know that, yes, the Giants are the only team to beat the Cowboys. They've done it twice. Yes, the Giants have a better record than the Redskins. But to me, the Redskins are the third best team in the NFC. And I, th- I do think they beat the Panthers. Uh, they should beat the Panthers. The Panthers don't have the defense like they used to uh, to be able to keep Kirk Cousins down. It's also a revenge game for Kirk Cousins because I think the when he played the Panthers last year, it's one of his worst games of the season. So, uh, let's see if he can redeem himself here as the Panthers probably will continue their slide downward. So, that's going to do it for the games for this week in the NFL. Whoa. Uh, well, hold on. Did this just happen? Oh, wait. Did the no, Cowboys sorry, fan forget about I, his Cowboys team? Yeah, I forgot the Cowboys. Uh, I knew I was forgetting it was you a give, funny well, night game. I'm are, sorry. Are you giving up on your team? No. Is that what's going on? Yeah, I'm going to no. give up on my team at 11-2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. but, but we have to talk about this game just for the fact that I can continue to say that the NFL is pissing me off. Get the Cowboys off primetime. This is like nine straight Why? Weeks. The Buccaneers are a good team. They're both I going it. for playoff spots. I get it. But this is what? Four straight weeks that the Cowboys have had a primetime game? Three. It'll be four with uh, next week. I don't count yeah, the 425. I call Thanksgiving, yeah, the Giants, this game, and then the Lions on Monday night. That's enough. Next week. Too much. Uh, so... Uh, you know, the Cowboys are favored by a touchdown in Dallas. They're not playing cold weather. The, uh, the Tampa Bay's defense has been holding teams to an average of about 12.8 points in the last five games, uh, which doesn't bode well for the Cowboys, but the Cowboys' defense has been playing pretty well. They actually, they, they're they really good at stuffing the run, which caused problems with Doug Martin, uh, which has been the catalyst for part of this comeback for the Buccaneers is the running game, running game getting back on track. If I can talk at freaking 5 in the morning over here. And, you know, the Cowboys now get to play uh, Jameis Winston, which should be interesting. Last year, uh, with the, the terrible quarterback that the Cowboys had, the game was 10-6 in favor of the Buccaneers. Um, so, should be interesting. I think this is a game where Ezekiel Elliott... Once again, gets over 100 yards. Dak has been hearing this talk about Tony Romo this, Tony Romo that. I think he's going to be fired up and wanting to play a lot better. Um, I think this is a close one. I think it, you do get that maybe a touchdown win for the Cowboys, but I think the, the Dallas bounces back. They get the one win out of two that they need, and... Now you, you see what you get. Or they're already going to know what happens with the Giants 
Because if the mm-hmm. Giants lose and Cowboys win, they get the NFC East. Yeah, but so at that point, you want the, the one seed and, and all of that mess. But uh, to me, this game is more... I'll, I'll focus more on the Tampa Bay side because obviously you're the Cowboys fan. You know, they've won the last five. As you said, that defense has been completely amazing the last five. And against some good teams, I mean, the Bears... And to walk-off interceptions, too. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you get the Kansas City game, Seattle, where they completely embarrassed them on the road. You know, they the defense wasn't as great against San Diego, but it was on the road in San Diego. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, Phillip Rivers plays well. And then they completely shut down Drew Brees, who had his back-to-back terrible games there so i mean are they playing teams at the right times possibly but this defense continues to take those steps forward i like what Jameis winston has been doing mike evans has put himself as a top five wide receiver i think this game is close i think if it was in tampa bay i would actually favor the buccaneers slightly but because it's at home it's because you know the cowboys come off that tough loss honestly this could also you know that tough loss could hurt the cowboys as they start overthinking and over trying because you do have a lot of young talent but i I do think that they have enough talent there and at home i'm going to take the cowboys to win this but if the buccaneers come out and surprise i honestly it would not surprise me at all and i'm excited my boy mcfadden is finally coming back uh Derek mcfadden yeah that's good uh into the Cowboys lineup. I think he's going to be doing kick return stuff and maybe third down back. And, hey, who knows? Better than Lance Sunbar anyway. So, yes. now, finally, uh, we are done uh, giving predictions for games. We started the College Bowls. We uh, did NFL Week 15. And so all that's left is for you guys to enjoy the games. And we will be back late Monday night, Tuesday morning. To wrap it all up and see how the the playoffs are are looking uh, for uh, heading into week 60. So until then, everybody, uh, have a good uh, weekend and we'll see you later. podcast is a w2m network original production visit w2mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts plus news reviews articles and opinions from the worlds of wrestling video games football and entertainment with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.